Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there is John. Hi, John. What's up, Tyler? <sighs> Guys, this week we're going to get into some stuff here. So we've been doing a bunch of like, what's the word? Thought exercises going through listing kind of some underlying issues that go that we see in gyms. Usually if this stuff is going on, there's probably something going wrong with your business or something that you should address. And in doing this, we found one, it was kind of funny. And two, I think it is going to be helpful and eye-opening. So today we're going to run through a bunch of these things. Don't take them all personally. If you think it's you, it's there's many people. If it's all, if you're all of these, you probably got some work to do, but this should give you some ideas that some of the things that maybe are going on in your business uh, aren't things that you should keep this way forever. At the very least, you should get at the end of this episode, you should know, all right, here's a few things that I should maybe address, right? And you pick the lowest hanging fruit from any of this. Sequence does always matter, but at some point, progress is progress. So out of any of these things that we run through today, uh, feel free to take an idea and run with it. I hope you find this episode helpful. John and I are going to get into it right away. Before we start, make sure you get over to the Facebook group. Uh, you can, the link's going to be in the description. Get in there. We've got a bunch of gym owners in there. We have gym owners coming in, sharing resources. This is the Gym Owners Revolution. This is a resource for gym owners. So join the Facebook group, figure out what it's all about. And we like to uh, drop a lot of cute little tidbits and tips in there that maybe we don't normally do for the general public. And it's not quite on the level that we do for our paid programs with the Gear Academy, which you can find out more about the Gear Academy in the Facebook group. So let's get started. John, all of these roll through these kind of a couple underlying conditions that go right. on in most gyms. And the reason we went through this thought exercise, because we end up beating up the same point over and over and over again, which is gym owners, you don't have enough money. You're not making enough money. You're not putting enough in your pocket. Business isn't growing. Well, the issue is you're not making enough money. That's why you need your business to grow. And two, you don't have enough time. Well, John, I get really tired of beating up those two points over and over again. You don't have enough time. So we go through this just like we talked for you to go through to try to find a better way to connect with our audience and figure out what exactly is going on with them on the ground. And in doing this, we ended up with quite a comprehensive list, uh, which is kind of funny. Well, it's a long list and it all came out of, just like you said, Tyler, where it's always talking about you don't have enough money. A lot of times that's too on the nose and it's too hard to be like, well, then why? Cause there's so many reasons like, and, and I think I started where you and I really started this exercise. Somebody gave a really great example where it was like, your marriage is worse off than you think it is. And this is why, like somebody was giving us just a general example. It was like, if you and your spouse don't go to bed at the same time and you do it together, your marriage is worse off than you think. Yeah. You're like, well, so now you're no longer saying, because if you initially say, hey, you don't make enough money, people are like, well, then fuck you. Life's not all about money or like your marriage is failing. Like what? You don't even know me. And in my head, I'm like, like, that's also about money. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then yeah. you're like, well, yeah, but if you don't, but you don't even realize your marriage is failing because you don't go to bed with your spouse at the same time. Now you're no longer challenging whether or not your marriage is failing. Now you're thinking, Ooh, do I go to bed at the same time yeah. as my spouse? Is that an issue if we don't? So this is what we're going to get into. John, I don't know if you're bumping the mic or something. I'm just hearing you cutting in and out a few times in there. It sounds like connection clipping more than anything or clipping one way or another, but we'll roll with it. I think we're going to be okay. It may just be right. something on StreamYard's end, but I just want to make sure before we dive into this, that things are working. Good to go. Testing. 
Sounds great. Let's do it. Fabulous. All right, guys. If you haven't created anything permanent for your business this week, you're fucking up. And that's an important one. One of the things we talk about all the time is every week, we really need you to be building something. If you're not setting aside something to push your, push your business further, even if it's just one little step, even if it's one little thing, if it's building one more email for your master email sequence, if it's identifying one more opportunity and writing an action plan to do this thing, just coming up with a plan to do something this week is something towards building something permanent. That's something we need to be doing every week. If you're not doing it, all you're doing is living the gym owner, you're spinning the living life on the gym owner's treadmill, which is the curse, it's stagnation, it's death. Yeah, it's the easiest way to be able to find what you should be doing yeah. is that everything you do, certainly early on, should have more than one use. And if you don't have more than one use, then you are spending a lot of time yeah. on just doing a thing that's almost a throwaway thing. If you, if the only thing your clients can buy is a membership, then you're fucking up. The idea is you have to allow people to go beyond, because talk about like the recurring carousel where you never can get out of like that rat race. If all anyone can come in is drop 50 bucks with you, a hundred bucks, let's say it's you even have a $250 a month membership, one, if you can pull that number off, that means your cost of living where you are is being adjusted. If you live in po Pobunk fucking nowhere yeah. and everyone can afford a $50 membership, it's the same thing. So never get caught up with like, oh, well, my membership's really expensive. Yeah, because you live in fucking San Francisco. Yeah, don't box people into the lowest level of service that you feel like you should be offering them. People will buy more. People buy nice cars. Some people buy shitty cars. Do you want to sell shitty cars or do you want to sell nice cars? Do you want to sell lots of cars? You're going to need to sell shitty cars and nice cars. So let's, let's play the whole game here. If you're worried about getting your website updated, things are a lot worse than you think, okay? Because you need to completely reframe the way that you're thinking about these things. And the way that you need to be thinking about this is how are people actually finding me? How are people actually finding my business? Maybe on social media, maybe that's the thing you always got to do, but mostly they're Googling. It's about maps. It's about regions. It's about what's close by. And they're going to see Google. They're going to see reviews. The website doesn't even really matter. John, we see this with restaurants a lot that we work with now on Google, on your Google business manager. Now there's a lot of stuff you can do on this thing, but the main thing now restaurants worried about a website do you ever go to a fucking restaurant's website? No, it's stupid. There's no need to. You need to know where it is. You need to know the star ratings. And you need to maybe see the menu. That's about it. And now you can do all of that on Google's My Business, on Google, is it Business Profile or Google Pro? They changed Yeah, Google, Google business. business Profile Manager. Yeah. But now just you need to be managing your business page on YouTube, on Google. That's it. That's frankly the only thing that matters. If your website's outdated, you can fucking get rid of it for all that matters. Nobody's engaging in it. Nobody's Nobody's probably reading your blog. Nobody's, nobody really is. So is that worth your time? Probably not. But is Google business profile manager? Yes. So if you want somebody to come in and snake you for a bunch of web design work to try to drive traffic and they start dropping words like SEO and we need these plugins and this and it needs to be interactive. And what if we get too much traffic? It bogs in trust. You're never going to get too much traffic to your fucking gym website to where any of this is a worry. So don't let website people sell you website shit because you're a business, not a fucking website. Are you a tech company? We could talk, but you're not a goddamn website. So don't worry about this. Your website means fuck all. It doesn't. You could not have one and your business might be better because you would put all your resources and money into ads and Google Business Profile Manager. Consider the source. Oh, yeah. Just consider wherever that's coming from. Yeah. 
You notice social media people always have a social media answer for why you can't and you, and make you know more what money. snake oil salesmen are trying to sell you? Fucking snake oil. So just take it all with a grain of salt here. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly it. Don't worry about your website. It's not worth your effort. It really isn't. It's not worth If it is, make a cheap, easy, catch-all solution. Don't overthink it because ain't nobody checking out your goddamn website anymore. It's 2022. Next one, John. Now, it's 2022. You mentioned this phrase. Yeah. If you aren't getting Google reviews, you, as far as like the regular world is concerned, if you're not getting Google reviews, you don't have a business. Yeah. Think about it. Facebook did away with the reviews. Now all you can do back in the day, you used to be able to give stars and oh man, well, that's where a lot of people are looking or whatever, whatever. Facebook got rid of it. Now you can just recommend or do not recommend. The gold standard is Google reviews. You have to have a plan. Yeah. If, if you I, don't, you're just if hoping. If I go to your website, if I go to if if I look for you on Google and you have one or two reviews, and your competitor has ten, he wins in my eyes, not just Google's eyes. If he has fifty, you don't fucking exist. You just don't. You either opened this week or it just you don't matter. So I really mean this. Google reviews is extremely important. It's more important than the sign out in front of your building. If you don't have an open sign in front of your building, if your sign says closed, it'll do about the same thing for you internet wise as not having any reviews on your Google page. So you need to find a way to do it and that needs to be a system. And think about it. It's all how we shop on Amazon. Could you imagine if you go to buy something off Amazon and there's only one or two reviews? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know how uh, this is fraud, by the way? But do you know how a lot of a lot of products get that get over that hump? I got I, this happened to me this last year. I got sent a uh, like potato peeler mm -hmm. out of nowhere, and it had my address and it had my name on it. it I did not buy it from my Amazon account. But what it did is somebody out there out of any of these many data leaks, they just get somebody's name and somebody's address. They have to and they create an Amazon account and they actually have to send you this product because if they don't send you the product, then you don't get to leave a verified review. But what these companies do is they'll send out 5,000 products for free. This product, you know, it's a $2 item. It probably costs them four cents to make. So the truth is this may cost them a thousand dollars to do this scam once. It's not, I mean, scamming Google's reviews, it's not ripping me off, but they send it to me. So it knows it's been delivered. Amazon verifies this as a verified purchase. Then what happens is the people who make this thing and who sent all this stuff out, they go in and leave a great five-star review about how great this fucking potato peeler is. And now, instead of if, if you try to go buy this potato peeler, again, amidst a sea of potato peelers, the company that just launched that has zero reviews, five reviews, is fucked compared to one that has a thousand. You will never right. buy, the, if all things are equal, the one that has no reviews. So just understand that that works at everything. To where like, I'm not telling you to get fake reviews, but I'm telling you the fake reviews are a hell of a lot better than no reviews. That's mm -hmm. the reality of it because whatever. Uh, next one. If you are not respond, if you aren't responding to Google reviews left by clients or members, you're making a huge mistake. So again, we talking just being more active on your Google business profile, but people will leave good reviews and you should be friendly. You should be very professional. This should be the, the host, the concierge. This is the, the American front desk greeter greet when people come in, not the European ones. Those people don't give a fuck about shit. It's the thing I noticed. They put like the worst <laughs> overseas. The thing I noticed is they put the least personable person at the front desk because they don't like doing anything with the job. But Just go away. Yeah. But, in, but in the States, 
the first person you see when you're in a business, the secretary, the person who has the phone is the nicest, bubbliest, most professional, customer is always right type person. And that is really what you want to be in your Google business profile as you're, as you're answering questions, as you're responding to reviews, good and bad. Someone comes in, you, you may get some bad reviews. It happens. It's if you're playing the game long enough, someone's going to say, man, this guy suck. I didn't like him. They may have just misunderstood. John, do you have a good formula or a good way to respond to something like this? Because you've managed this type this stuff a lot. Yeah, we manage it for a lot of different industries. And a lot of times the easiest way to, to make this possible is once you start responding to a couple different five stars, we just honestly just created a document that just has an easy spot where we can copy and paste and then just make a little tweaks or edits just depending on what the person leaves you. The most important principle of this is that you're looking. Yeah. You know, you have a lot of folks be like, oh, no, I get reviews. It's like, yeah, but you need to be going in and engaging because Google is placing an emphasis on that and being more in their platform. Google rewards you. Tyler, several months ago, you talked about this idea in social media as Instagram rolled out the real and the story. And whenever you have something that's new, the algorithm and the, the company itself is going to reward users for using that new service or that new system within their platform. Google is doing the exact same thing. Google now is rolling out, you know, the, the profile manager can be managed inside of maps, inside of Google maps or inside of Google search. They also now allow people to message your business directly and ask questions, which you can respond to. It's now all part of this system to where if you start to participate and engage and do the things that Google wants you to do, you are seeing right now reports where people are scoring higher. Yeah. They are appearing higher, even maybe with less Google reviews, you are still appearing higher than your competition in a search because you're starting to play their game. What if you, what if someone leaves a review, maybe you had a bad client, had a bad experience and they come in. So let's stick, stick, stick with gym owners. Cause I'll go into how to root this up. Let's say someone comes in and is like, these people weren't nice. It wasn't friendly. Maybe it was a misunderstanding. Maybe this person's an asshole, but nobody's going to write a review and say, I'm an asshole. And these people caught it right away. So they come in and they say, they did this. They ignored me, the whatever else, whatever the misunderstanding was, cause you guys try to do a good job and they leave you a one star and say, they suck. And they say, stay away from this place. How do you handle that? There's two trains of thought. One, you try and kill everybody with kindness. You just apologize and you take it. We hope you come back. We, we would love to be able to rectify, you know, whatever it is. Be very polite. The other one, own it and protect your people. The reason why I can tell you two different ways is go right at. If somebody is wrong and they decided to go to Google and tried to smear your shit yeah. online for people to see, it's really important to see how you want to establish yourself as a gym, as a business, not for that person, fuck that person. For everyone who sees it. It's everyone else that watches it. Because what's going to happen if you have nothing but five-star reviews or high four, you know what I mean? You're kicking ass and you get a one-star that comes in. Most people that are born after 1990, 1985 are going to know what's up. Oh, okay. They got three one-star reviews and they have 55 five-star reviews. These people are just pissed, something happened, it's no big deal. But if you can actually see the business owner say, hey, no, listen, this was the situation. Mm -hmm. You betrayed our trust. Like you call them to cart. Like we literally did this. So we were managing for a company 
and somebody left a really shitty review and said like the employees look like they don't want to be there. They refuse to talk to us. Like it just really called out these really specific pieces. We followed up with the owner to confirm what's the story behind this. And the owner was like, no, fuck that lady. Like this is what happened. This was the scenario. So we just gave it right back. Holy shit. A month later, it went fucking viral on Reddit. Yeah, I saw that. We weren't mentally prepared for it to go viral. And then God, of all places, literally the God posted Facebook it. account and Twitter account. Yeah. But it, the whole, but what everybody wants to see, because I'll tell you again, this is, it depends on the culture of where your gym is yeah. and who you are. But people are really sick and tired of a bunch of fucking Karens trying to just steamroll people in a public forum because overwhelming the feedback was, you know what? Good for you for standing up for your people. It's nice to see a business that stands up for people or stands up for what they yeah. believe in and don't just allow themselves to get pushed around. Yeah. And if it's, so there is nuance. it's not egregious and it's not hyper personal. Right. The other direction I always recommend is, is, you know, hey, please shoot us an email at this and this so we can try to find a way to make sure that we can make this right with you. We'd love to hear more direct feedback and figure out what we can do to work with you to make things right. Like that piece, just that being the message works. By the way, they'll never fucking respond to that most likely ever. But you now have been the, hey, if somebody made a mistake, we'd like to find out more about it. You can literally just ask them for more information because they don't get to respond back and forth, back and forth in this format. They get to say one, you get to respond one as far as I understand it. So if you need yeah, them to reach out to edit. contact you, yeah, if you want them to contact you. Make that thing like, hey, reach out to us. We want to make sure, you know, we, we try to stand behind our subject, our product. Mistakes happen. Uh, but let's do this. That's a way for you to kind of own the mistake, but not necessarily. And that's another really good one. Maintain professionalism throughout the whole thing. That is the main one. If you're right, you got to be professionally right. Like you would say in front of all your good clients, all the people who love you and all the people that hate you. You got to be a little bit. This is a political game when you're on there because it is public forum. It lasts forever. And it does. It is the tip of the spear as far as representing you. So just tread, tread lightly. But you need to play the game. You need to be answering those things. It's more important than anything you're doing on social media, hands down. Absolutely. If you think about it, those conversations too, if you're a gym owner that cannot be everywhere at once, sometimes it is very valuable to be able to see a review come through where there might be an issue and you can reach out to people that are on your team and be like, hey, what's going on here? What happened here with this situation? Because I will tell you that that happens half the time as well. Quality control. It's, it, by the right. way, this is another piece of data for you to get that you don't have to send out surveys to everybody to figure out if you got employees that are making mistakes. If every person who leaves your building is leaving you a review, guess what's going to tune up your quality control, the performance on the floor? It's going to get better very quickly or employees are going to get canned. <laughs> And that's important. So the more reviews you're getting, the better. Don't ignore data. And this is the thing that people are doing by not getting Google reviews, by not responding, is they're hiding with their head in the sand trying to ignore that data. Next one, John. If you don't send possible members, so new people that are coming in to meet with you, if you do not send them reminders for the meetings that you have scheduled with them, you are fucking up. You have to. People are busy. People have shit that's going on. The idea that you do not follow up with someone to send a reminder, to have the opportunity, just like you said, Tyler, be professional, yeah. feel professional. Yeah. You're fucking it up. Enthusiasm, energy, momentum to start a new thing fucking dies off very quickly. 
really does. So when someone is, if you can just keep those constant touch points over and over and over again, a reminder, hey, and be friendly and welcoming each step of the way there, you will get way more people to show up, you'll get way more people to book appointments, you'll close way more people. They'll be prepared to close by the time they show up. Next one, if you haven't hooked up your texting service to reach out to your clients, you're making a huge mistake. This is the best way. Your email stuff, your email marketing stuff you send out to your email list gets ignored a lot. It gets looked at. It gets glossed over a lot. It gets just seen and go, oh, this is just they're advertising something or whatever. They just ignore it. Even if they like you, when they know it's not you, they'll, they will ignore it. And I do not like using text services to be misleading or to be badgering. I like it to be feel very conversational and very quick. The best one that we tell people all the time is just shoot a thing after, after you send out an email. Just shoot a thing to everybody on that email list saying, hey, shoot a text saying, you know, hey, did you get did you did you get a chance to take a look at the email I sent this morning? That's it. And they'll say, yeah, they'll say no. They may say nothing. But whatever it is, one, they're going to go open it. Most of them. And two, the mm -hmm. ones that are interested will respond. It gives you an opportunity to nurture that stuff without having to worry about hitting home runs on your ad copy forever. You can stress out so much over writing email copy. We do it a lot. We write a lot of email copy for people. And so it ends up being something where we, we try really hard to make sure it's as effective as possible. But if you're DIYing, if you're doing it yourself, this is a way to just deliver the information, deliver a reminder via the email, say, hey, here's what we're doing. I'm not trying to overcharm you. <laughs> you know, bing, bang, boom. We got this. If you want this, let me know, blah, blah, blah. Text me if you need to. And then you can send that little reminder out and it gives you a chance. Anyone who has casual interest, you can pull them further along. And anyone who doesn't, it's not going to fucking respond. It's the, I would say it's the number one thing that we've seen as far as getting better open rates and better closure rate, closing, closing sales via our email marketing. Right, John? Easily. Yeah. And remember, perfect is the enemy of done. Yeah. If you haven't emailed your clients or your members this week, you are fucking up. Tyler, it blows my mind when we talk to folks and we say, what has been the email strategy? How often do you communicate with your people that we hear? Oh, I, we don't, we don't really email people yeah. or I don't like getting emails. So I don't send them. Mm -hmm. The amount of money you're leaving on the table will hurt your goddamn feelings. If you're having money trouble at home, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not using your email list to sell more of your products or to do things like get referrals on stuff. It's whatever. I don't know what to tell you. You're just, you're, you're fighting with both hands tied behind your back. Fix it. I don't, we don't got to go further than that, John, right? Fix it. Come on. You, that's, that's you not doing the thing. I'm sorry. You're just not doing it. You might as well close your goddamn doors because you're one step short of it. You're not asking people to do business with you. It's fucking crazy. I hate it. I, it's, it's bare it's, minimum. What the hell? It is it, the bare minimum, right? You're taking the step of like, you're not even asking for opportunities to be able to have a sale. All of the pieces of just being human. This is what we got going on in the gym. Fuck. This is stuff we have coming up. Any of those basics. If you're not emailing, oh, well, this is a thing we hear too. Our gym is small. We don't have enough members to really need to be able to email everybody. Never forget this. You may feel like you talk about a thing all the time to the point where you're like, oh, I don't want to bring it up again because that's all I'm talking about. You are not the center of your client's goddamn universe. They, when you're speaking to them, 
The first couple times, I guarantee you they are actually not hearing what you're saying and they are thinking about the next thing they need to go do yes. when class is over. Y'all been coaching long enough to see the look when you're talking to people about the class that they're doing right now and they gloss over or they're in a conversation with their friends. They're not there exclusively to learn fitness. They're not there exclusively to buy things. We learn this a lot in the fitness education space, John. I, Julian and I, we felt like we said the same shit a hundred times and we would get the same questions about the same shit a hundred times. And it was just what it was. If you, if you don't feel like you've repeated yourself or asked, made the same ask a hundred times this week, like you're not asking enough. Next one we got here. If you're waiting or hoping that your members and clients are going to tell friends about your gym, you're fucking up. This is a big one. So Referrals matter. Referrals are your bread and butter. Referrals are the easiest. There's always a piece that most businesses as they grow that don't have an understanding of what does it cost to acquire a new client, to acquire a new member. Now, businesses that use standard marketing practices, like I spend money on ads, I run a campaign that has a plan and I know how many leads I get in and I know how many clothes, I know how many people get in the door versus that dollar amount. Now I know how much money it costs me to get a new client. So you know the value of a referral that you didn't have to pay anything to get them in the door. If you don't know that value, it's okay. You don't spend money on ads. You're not tracking this stuff. That's fine. But I can tell you, just take my word for it. It's really fucking valuable. It's really valuable. So you need to be able to capitalize on referrals from people who already are like-minded people within your gym. Now, you need to ask them. Like I said, like we said before in the last one, are you asking? How often are you asking? Your coaches, in my opinion, your your coaches should be asking this in every class should get asked that at least once a week for sure, no matter what. It should be on the board, on your whiteboard all the time. It should be emailed out casually as maybe an also ran to, I would say, every fifth email you send, fourth or fifth email, no matter what, even outside of an actual referral plan. That's the basics. Hey, if you have anybody interested, remember, we always welcome you in, have a running thing. That's the basics. That should be... What's the word? That should that should permeate every bit of contact mm -hmm. that you have with your clients. It should be there always and not a thing that just sits underneath it. You need to be talking about it, point to it, mention it, not every day, but pretty goddamn close. Okay? And, and though, on the other side of that, then you need to actually have a plan to maybe do some focus plays too where you can incentivize to do it. Maybe twice a year you make that the focus for a month. And that's important as well. That you, so you need to have your constant, just like we talk about master email lists, right? You need to have your master email sequence that maximizes all, makes the best of all of the opportunities over the course of time. But then sometimes you need to hit, right? You need to do a push. You need to have a launch, right? There needs to be a thing. And that's what we need to do with referral plays as well. We've got to do both. And, and just like you said, Tyler, have it permeate the culture. <clears throat> yeah. The culture of what your gym is allows this to not feel like you just have a can out or you take your hat out and you're hoping for people to give you free money. Uh, a local gym that we have here where I'm at that my boys go to, they do a great job of it's called the sweat squad and it's a sticker. It's a simple sticker and it's if you invite a friend to come and they join and they come and they come and work out with you, you get a sweat squad sticker and the coach makes a big deal for the kids to be able to get a sticker. I guarantee you it's the same thing they do for their adults. Yeah. So either you are talking to people about, hey, we haven't had anybody join the sweat squad out of this group yet. Just remember, we want to give you this sticker. And then when someone comes, they make a really big fucking deal. Hey, Mike brought somebody this week. He gets a sweat squad sticker. Mike gets a sticker. He feels fucking awesome. Yeah. Slaps it on his computer when he gets home. 
it's so easy. I like that one a lot. Also, I think with my baseline level of sweatiness, I think I qualify. <laughs> Minimum. Exactly. Next one, John. If you are looking for a great coach, fully trained, ready to hit the ground running, that's just going to walk into your gym and save your business, you are fucking on. Yeah. These people don't exist. Yeah. Let me run a comparable by you. This is the thing we ran into in the technical space too. Heating and air conditioning service technicians, electricians, plumbers, guys that are good, guys that show up to work regularly and know what they're doing are valuable. They're valuable. If you're a good coach, if you're a good coach and you're personal and people like you, a gym was, is keeping you. They're keeping you mm -hmm. at all costs. If you're, by the way, if you're miserable, it's like probably your fault too, right? No matter what. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, but these people don't exist. They're not real. This is a imaginary person, somebody who's just, yeah, just looking for a job. But like, you know, last week I was coaching the 150 clients at this gym that all fucking love me and I'm great and nobody gets hurt. And I just am able to be resourceful and pleasant and positive and deliver big. Th no, that person should be making a lot of goddamn money already. And you are going to have to coerce that person away. That's not your strategy in any business is to try to sneak those people unless you have a fuckload of money to throw out. Them, which means right. you're just you're just poaching employees which you can do by the way you got deep pockets go for it find a great one but good luck good luck there's what a reason to do is bring them up you need to bring people up from within your space someone who's interested in coaching you need to always be developing coaches meaning you're it's going to kind of be always a part of your process and that'll get us into this next one if onboarding new coaches takes more than a week you're fucking up now, it doesn't mean stuffing them in front of all of your people then. That doesn't mean going from you coaching all the classes to this guy you found on the street a week ago coaching all your classes. But you're going to find someone who knows a thing or two about fitness. You're going to put them in a nice box where they can't make mistakes. That's how it works. There's a reason you ever want, you ever watch, this is more applicable in, uh, in youth sports now than professional sports, but you ever watch like youth, maybe junior high age basketball. What happens to the big, tall, slow kid? They don't let him bring the fucking ball up the court. Stay down on the block. You're mm -hmm. going to shoot from three feet away. You're tall. That's going to be your best bet there. That's your best place for success. And by the way, as you get more coordinated, maybe you're able to extend that shot out a little bit. We'll let you do some shit on the other end of the three-point line. But just fucking stay under the rim, please. Rebound. Do the, do, do the grunt work. This is what you need to do with your coaches. You need to set these parameters that allow them to be successful. Someone comes in and they're new. Guess what? Maybe they're not going to be – you're going to have to be there if you're programming fucking snatches. It's just how it's going to have to be, Right. You're going to need some guidance for these things. So those are the places you're going to have to make sure you give them support. But they need to be coaching right away. They should be coaching. That's all it's going to be. They're going to be coaching. And, and you may need to help them. But you're going to need to get them in and turn them loose and allow them to be successful. Maybe that means supplementing your programming. Maybe it means that their class does different programming than some other stuff for a while. Whatever it is, but give them a chance to succeed. And don't just keep them in your back pocket until they become brilliant. Because the only way, Hunter mentioned this, it was great. The only way to become a good coach is to coach. So you can fucking talk their goddamn ear off. But like we said with StrongFit, it's like learning to swim on a table. There might be a few lessons to extract. Hand goes here, hand goes here. But you need to get in the goddamn water to learn how to swim. I'm also a big fan of having your people that you want to be great, that you want to have come in and be a part of your community. They know how to do all the things. They understand, I don't know, for me, it's they understand or they appreciate that they don't have to take out the trash anymore. Yep. They don't have to clean the mats anymore. But everybody that's new, you have to do the bitch work. Yeah. 
And I guess for me, it's comes in like, it's the idea of like, you're the rookie. So rookie has to learn how to do the things. And the idea that you bring someone in that thinks that they're immediately going to become the leading star personality. Listen, and coaches are fucking divas. I'm going to tell you this more than anything else. You start bringing in coaches, rein them in, rein them in. Do not let them run amok unless you have everything else covered. Because if you need tasks, by the way, you do it as a business. You need some tasks that aren't just coaching done. And I'm all about, like I said, give people in their wheelhouse. But these guys, if they don't have any fucking value other than they can kind of get through a couple classes and not fuck up, great. Well, you don't need to hire a cleaning lady yet then because you got one. You can spend, they can spend an hour a day cleaning the floors and can do some coaching. While they get better at coaching, they can deliver you value in other, other ways. It can be helpful. Maybe they can just help do some simple admin stuff like, Hey, every Monday I want you to run this for me. Just log in here. You can show them a few of these basic things. They can give value outside of the coaching floor until they are a career ace coach. Right? So that's, that's a big one. The topic of coaching. Yep. If you as the gym owner, if you have to be the one that's coaching the classes, you're fucking up. There's a huge difference for me that it's if you want to coach, if you want to get in, mix it in, be on the floor once a week or whatever, so you can keep your stay sharp and keep that relationship building with your people, totally different scenario. But if you come to me or you come to us and you say, no, I have to be coaching, because I don't have anything else or I don't have anyone else, you're struggling. Yeah, you're already underwater. So that that becomes an issue you need to fix. You either need to put get money in first and detach yourself from that needs to be the first thing you need to get yourself out of. Because you're stuck in one of the, this is like saying, I have to spend three hours a day cleaning the floors and taking out the garbage. You know, I don't know what else to do. Who else is going to clean the toilets? Well, fuck me. That seems like something you could get them for pretty cheap. So this now becomes when we do... We do a lot of these kind of time calibration audits with gym owners where it's one of the things we do is like, we got to find out what you're doing that you don't need to be doing. How can we hire that out? What's that cost? You don't have the money? Perfect. Let's cover that money real quick. And then let's make sure we immediately take that money and put it into getting you out of that situation with the time. That's it. Quit, quit making extra money. You're still stuck coaching. You get an extra couple thousand dollars by some God, some sort of Christmas miracle here. And then you just spend it on equipment. It's crazy. Next one. If you got five new members tomorrow, but it still would mean you couldn't afford to go on a vacation, your whole system's already fucked. If I closed five new clients tomorrow, that would be, I mean, on, based on even the averages, that's a full family vacation in a foreign country. And it's not because I'm some high roller. This is like, this is kind of the standard for all the gyms that work with us with our offer system. Closing five new people, say, let's say half of them go with some sort of personal training and three quarters go with some sort of upgraded, upgraded service. That's very easily anywhere from four to $8,000, three to 8,000, almost sure. guaranteed. So this, th this goes back to the issue that we talked about before, which is like, if all people can do is buy memberships. Now imagine if you close five new people tomorrow, at $120 a month. Great. You just got $600. That's fucking sucks, dude. And getting five new members should be a big deal for you. And yes, extrapolate that over the course of the year. And that's $6,000. But the amount that I'm talking about, you'd get, and then you're going to get more of that the next month. And at least some of them will renew every three months. This becomes, this will forex that amount at the very least over the course of the year. And your clients will be happier. This thing needs to change. Getting five new members should change the fucking game for you. It should not mean that now you can make your car payment. If that is the case, 
you are make you are you're fundamentally you're established your pricing your offers all of it is already broken so why don't try to lean further into the thing that's broken you need to fix those things it's super super important because tyler you have direct experience of what it looks like to double your membership in what 30 days yeah what are you gonna do <laughs> now you got more people to coach and not enough money to hire anyone and it's if i would have if we would have done that that imagine that closing 40 new people in a month you know this is oh, when when you're opening by the way this isn't something i'm saying that you guys are going to do i don't even i maybe get in one of these 30 members in 30 days fucking scams you're going to see out there on facebook but if you got 40 new members in a month it should break your system operationally but it should flood you with cash in this case it was only a few hundred a few thousand dollars up front that i'm sure went to Buying equipment, all new equipment. And I still couldn't pay myself. I was not planning on paying myself, but now I had to coach full time too and couldn't pay myself. So now I had to pull me in and didn't have money for me. I had to quit the day job. So lost that money. <laughs> had the, this is, yeah, this, this is, your system's broken. You have to fix it. It's the name of the game. It, it has to be the case. Um, cause, because basically, how did I word this too? Yeah, signing up new members doesn't actually change your financial situation very much. It's an indicator of a huge problem. Signing up new members should be like, damn, woo. I am stoked. That's a big one. It's not, I get to coach this person and hopefully he stays for a year so that this is worth my time. No, not at all. Next one, John. It goes into the same conversation, but we have to keep hitting it, which is if you think more members is your solution to running a successful gym, you're already fucked. Yeah, it's all in your, it's it's your mindset is completely upside down. It's completely broken. Again, you, all you need to do is really get to the root of it. We talk about why, and and people come to work out with you to coach with you. Why are you trying to do this? Right? I want to know why. You need to. They you don't need to nose into their business fully, but they need to know why they're trying to get fit. Is it so they like themselves? Is it so their wife doesn't leave don't leave them? Is it so they can feel better? So they can get out of pain? Is it because they just want to look better? Is that it? That's fine. But you should know what that is, right? You absolutely should know what it is. Because here, we need to fundamentally connect with why you think you need more members. Is it because you just got to be coaching more people? You want your classes more full? You want less time? No. Zoom back. You want more money. You're not making enough money. You're not solvent. You're not profitable enough. Whatever it is, but that's the root cause. That's the root motivator here is you need money. So chase money, not members. Members, there's that's a it. fixed cost. Chase money, not members. And it's opportunities. In case it hasn't been obvious enough in the last 35 minutes, money in your business does not have to equal members. If that's the only track, if that's the only way that you can make money is a recurring monthly membership, no wonder you have no time and no wonder you're struggling with money. Yeah. Next one, if you think, or how, where are we at here? If you think supplements are a four-letter word and are ruining the fitness industry, so you don't sell them in your gym, you're fucking up. We'll go one step further with this one. If your clients are buying supplements from GNC in the mall from somebody who doesn't work out and doesn't take them and isn't fit, you're fucking up. How many of your clients are buying supplements? What percent? Do the math. Ask them. By the way, you can ask them. Shoot them an email. Who do that? Ask who them. uses supplements? Hey, who uses supplements? What do you guys take? What do you like? Is there anything you'd be interested in? Ask them the question. You're going to find if you're not, if you're not selling supplements, I guarantee you at least at least 20% of your members are taking supplements of some kind. 
I say most of fair. them are spending anywhere. I would say an average between sixty and two hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. In that range, it's in that range. Somebody, some people will nickel and dime thirty bucks here, thirty bucks there. I would say the average is probably eighty bucks, give or take, on average. Some people spend a lot. A third of that, at least, should go in your pocket. So do that math. If you have that's thirty people spending eighty bucks, what's the math on that, John? Two forty. 320 I don't like know. a few thousand right? hundred 3200 <laughs> listen listen we're athletes here so money so it's like it's like two and a half thousand dollars right well that's free that's fucking easy money straight to your bottom line that you don't got to coach people there's no hours going into this and that's the most bare bones that's united that's just them buying the stuff they're buying without you even motivating them or encouraging them they're just going somewhere else so now your profits are usually a third of that right so a third of that is going to be part near a thousand bucks straight to the bottom line that is the equivalent, by the way. If you have $100 members, $100 membership, that's 10 new members a month that you can make every fucking month, but you don't have to code. That's that amount. You got to do that fucking math in your head. It's insane to me when I hear gym owners like, yeah, but this, yes, I get it. They're ruining the fitness industry and they've been so misleading. Yes. And you're one of the good ones, right? You're the one who people come to to, hey, help me filter out all this bullshit. Let me know. You mean, because you have, you do that with your coaching. You say, you know what, you don't just need to run forever until your knees hurt in order to lose weight. You do it with your nutrition. You know, you don't just have to fucking starve yourself in order to look better. Well, with some, because you're helping them sort through all the bullshit in the world. That's your job as a coach. Right? What was the thing a coach says? A coach, like literally the term is like from stagecoach, which is to take you from where you are to where you're going. Because you know the path. That is what coaching is. It's not fucking, it's not a word made up out of the fucking blue. It has a function here. So as a coach, people are coming to coaches with this expectation. Help me make my way through all this stuff. And they're going, these people are going off the path in supplements. And they're just getting drugged through by some fucking overweight dipshit at GNC who doesn't know fuck all. That's all, that is, by the way, that's not the GNC guy's fault. That's not your fault. That's not the supplement company's fault. That is your fault that your client is getting ripped off. It's your fault because they trust you and you are not extending an offer that makes any sense to them in regards to something. You need to fix it. You need to fix it right now. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a thing I can't, you almost can't even, I can't, I can't live with it because your clients are buying them somewhere else. See, you can't sugarcoat it. I can't. Yeah. yeah there's no way around it. You're doing, you're, you're a, making a huge mistake. At your there's a great coach expense and yours. Right. There's a great coach that talks a lot about supplements and his name's Ed Turney and he talks about supplement sales all the time. And one of the things that he's equated it to, and I think it's important to think about it in this way, a common objection that you as the gym owner will create for why you don't sell supplements or why your members won't buy them is I'm already expensive. People already are giving me a hard time on the cost of my membership or whatever. They won't spend more money on supplements. And you are misunderstanding the core principle of what a supplement is in this scenario. Every There's two – you have two different wallets, yeah. right? There's the wallet for the membership and then there's a wallet for supplements, equipment, new shoes, new swag, whatever the items are. The, one of the greatest examples you give, Tyler, is when you joined your MMA gym. I spent more money on equipment through other places than I do on my membership. Hands down. 
I spent nearly the same amount of money in online coaching and demo tutorials and stuff like this than I have in my membership. It's the truth. Now, now, now he started carrying some of these, some of these products. Now, the brand that I buy, my gloves, shorts, all the cool shit. About super nice, durable, fucking kickboxing shorts. The short shorts type. Those fucking rule, right? Well, I was buying those. I was buying those on the other thing. Yeah, he can get them for the same price. So it costs me no extra money. No extra money. I, he doesn't charge me any less or any more. And I just do for him. Because then he makes, like, they got a good deal. You can find this for supplements. You can find it for lots of shit in your gym. But he makes, for every 100 bucks I spend, he makes like $35. Fuck yeah, I'm happy to do it. I'm buying the shit anyways, but I might as well run it through. That's what happens with supplements. And it, it didn't think twice to me that my my cost of doing jujitsu and kickboxing and MMA training is, boy, don't tell my wife, probably like $400 a month. <laughs> Right. But it's like, no, the membership's a hundred bucks. What are we talking about here? It's just like when you get a car, like, you know, you're like, you know, you're like, I want to get the payment below this. You don't have a fucking clue what insurance on this thing is. Not a clue. You don't have a clue really what it's going to cost to drive it either. And you're one or two repairs away from that. You might as well have spent an extra $200 a month if you have two repairs in a year. In addition to all this. So it's like none of that is really we, – we, we break up the psychology of the different wallets in our heads on our own already. My car costs me X amount a month. No, that's your car payment. Driving that car costs you a lot more. And there, there's, there's a lot more that go into that cost, but it's okay because you like the experience of driving that car. That's the way it's going to be with your gym. What do I have next here? This one's you, John, right? Yeah, if you see Instagram stories. So you personally, gym owner, business owner, if you are on Instagram and you see people's Instagram stories within the first 10 minutes of them being posted all day long, you're fucking up. Yeah. If you're going to spend any time on social media, it might as well be working for you. Not quit doing yeah. it as a consumer. We love you, but get the fuck off your phone mm -hmm. and get to work. It has to be something where you need to be able to clearly say, I have these five things that I'm going to get done today. I have to get something done because I can tell you right now, if you are not working, you will find yourself staring at a wall, taking 30 minutes to take a shit and get sucked into an Instagram void of nothingness. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Like John touched on this. You can't, if you can't, those five things you're going to do today, you're fucking up. That's it. Like we're, quit worrying about the things that are distracting you and get to that thing. Next one we're going to get to. If you haven't posted on your personal social media about your gym services in the last week, you're fucking up. Not just pictures of people exercise. By the way, that stuff's great. It's filler. I always, I've always said one of the functions of your social media should be to allow people to have a look into the gym. So they can get food and they walk in, they know what it looks like, what the exercises look like, what the people look like. That's okay. That is not the primary function of your social media. Cannot be. If it is, it's a waste of time. Because you got windows for that. You got to sign out for this. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't attract anything. It doesn't, it's people don't look to become exercisers. So showing people exercising is not a very great like primary strategy. Because I don't want to become an exerciser. I want results. Show results. I want people, feel, I want to feel welcome. Show what welcoming is. I want to know more about your services. What can I do? What do you offer that addresses my specific needs and getting me to my goals, right? That is extremely important. But so many times for what I see for people is mostly nothing. The amount of gyms that I see out there posting nothing 
on their social media is fucking crazy. Months off. And yes, we can be busy on the story. I get it. You can, that's okay. You can kind of see things, but a story is not a very, it's that you better be doing a call to action on your story practically every day, meaning come in, text us here, go to this link. It better be like that. You can do some fluffy shit, but there, if you're, if you're going to tell me that you're posting on your story more often than what I'm seeing on your posts, you absolutely better be telling me that you're getting some results from what you're doing on your story. Cause at some point the posts, the still actual grid matters when someone finds you at first. Just like your reviews matter. If I go to your page and you haven't posted anything in six weeks, see, Jim's don't po- I haven't posted anything, John, in nine months, ten months. Right? It's fuck. It's fucking crazy to me. I, I I don't know. Like, is that trying? That's not trying. Put the sign from. Turn the open sign on, because that is having the open sign off. It really is. If I look and there's no post in six months, I don't even oh. think that place is open. Open anymore? I don't. Hey, you know, COVID was hard on businesses. I just assumed the guy just logged out on his phone and left it. That's what that's what I think happens, and that's what it looks like. You got to understand what does this look like. If you're not getting more members, you're not getting leads, right? You desperately want leads and members. Well, you're not fucking doing anything to try. It's super important. If you're not posting on your, did I say businesses social media? No, this one was personal. But you're exactly oh, right. There's a well, business piece these here are hand too. In hand. I'm sorry. I put I put these back to back. I'm gonna cover both of these. So I did I say personal or business? Personal. Yeah, you've led with personal. Both, either or. Personal and business, these go hand in hand. If you're not doing it on your business, that's what I mean by the open sign, right? That's what I mean. It's like if people go to find your business, there's nothing there. Jesus Christ, dude, you got to do, you got to do better, right? You just have to. And if you're not posting on your personal social media about your business's services, it's even worse because nobody is going to find your business unless they're looking for your business, especially on Instagram. Instagram is very useless as far as like stumbling across or getting reshares that matter. However, having things on Facebook that are globally visible matter, but way better if you're a person than a business, meaning post it on your business, share it on your personal. Hunter does a great job with that. You can check out Hunter's Garage Gym. You can see the progression over the last, look back three months ago, four months ago, see what he was posting, what the engagement was, what the language was, the terminal, the tone, all of it. It still is Hunter. It's just not about the clients. Until now, it's about the clients. And it's about the gym connecting to the clients and connecting the the clients to the gym and finding out who the clients are and identifying them and running them through the whole thing. That is the ticket. Next one, John. If you haven't decided if your gym is a hobby or a profession, you're fucking up. Do you actually need the money or is this just something that's keeping you busy? This is a real question you need to be able to answer as a gym owner because is this fake business or is this what you use to feed your family? Yeah. It's a huge difference. Yeah. The, the motivation is the motivation there. I guess you have, you have motivated clients, you have unmotivated clients. You have clients that should be motivated that aren't motivated. When they come in for weight loss, they just don't give a shit. They don't do the work. How frustrating is that? So you need to be, you need to be the motivated one. You need to be the one. If you have a problem in your business, are you doing one to fix it? Are you doing anything to fix it? Or you don't really care because ah, I'm just chilling. Well, shit, man, that's fine too, I guess. But like, that's like the obese person coming into your gym, coming into classes, half-assing it and eating like shit all week. Where you're like, man, I don't, fuck. Why, why is any of us doing this? It makes it hard. Just the whole thing just becomes this malaise. And it needs to be, it should be better than that. And that's the thing. Gym ownership, being a career person that you're changing lives. You really are. You're changing the world. It should feel better than that. And it's starts with kind of where you're framed as like, I feel this is just a thing you're kind of doing so you can have access to a gym. Well, that is what that is then. That sucks, man. 
Now, next one, next two kind of. If you can't close a new client without showing them all your equipment, you're fucking up. If you can't close a new client in less than 20 minutes, you're fucking up. Okay, by the time they get to you, your communications and expectations should be so thorough. They should mostly know who you are and what you're about, kind of. They should know that you're professional. They should know that they're going to be talked about something. They should know there's a timeline on this situation. They should know when they get in, they're going to talk about what they're trying to accomplish and what some of the services that you offer that can help them get them there. If they know that before they walk into the thing, you know what they're going to talk about? What they're trying to accomplish. And they're going to wait till you explain to them the services. Like I've said before, you're not going to the car dealership to meet and like the car dealer. Going to the car dealership to take a look at the cars, figure out which ones fit my needs, which ones fit my budget, which ones I like. Ooh, that's kind of some hot shit. That's a little out of my reach. Could I be nudged into that? Maybe. Maybe. That's the way, that's the way it goes, right? But going in there, the guy being fucking interesting or funny or showing me how cool the building is doesn't mean anything to me. Show me the thing that I'm here to get. How are we going to get me in this thing? Does it work for me? That's what it's all about. Because once they're there, now build the relationship. But we need to, this goes back to the exact comment that you talked about, Tyler, which is trust. They're going to need to take a leap of faith either way. So it needs to be tied to something that's measurable for you. If you have some fluffy bullshit for why someone's coming to you and why they stay, it's going to be so hard to quantify that. For the person coming to you saying, I have a need, and you say, great, I can help you achieve or fulfill that need. And then when you fucking crush that and someone says, damn it, this is it. I've struggled for years and now I was successful because of Jim X or Jim Y, then I'm staying. And along that journey, they are now staying because they love your community and they love your gym and they love the people that are there because you're good people that genuinely care about the people you serve. We're getting them backwards. Yeah. Yeah, you don't got to impress these people. You don't got to have great material. You don't got to be hilarious. Be useful. That's they want you when you come in, they need you to they need to feel like you're going to be your services and you are going to be useful to them. You got to be useful to them. That's it. Next one here. Is that me? No, this one's you. If you aren't offering nutrition services or accountability for your people, you are fucking up. Again, this comes right back down to you have to have alternative revenue sources and ways for you to help your people be successful that goes beyond a monthly member forever membership. That endless relationship cannot be the only way that you support your people. Again, talk to your clients about what's what they want to accomplish. Make them identify what's been in the way of them getting there before. I talked about athletes all this time. We talked this a couple episodes ago, right? All athletes, whether it's fighters, football players, anything, identify. You need to do it with them, but let make them self-identify. What are the five things that you need to bring up in order for you to get this done, in order for you to be the athlete you want to be, or in order for this year to work for you the way you need it to work for you? What are the five things we got to improve about you, right? It's super important. And if you ask a lot of your clients about what's in the way of them getting their weight loss or whatever it is they've been trying to get done, they're going to most likely say, yeah, I just, I fucking never figure out the food stuff or nobody holds me. It's all this. or I never have fun in the gym. Well, what they're listing there is things that you need to provide solutions for. That's it. That's like, that's the most basic thing for sure. And accountability is a big one. And so all of this, all of those things, that is, that is your work. They are then identifying the shortcomings that they need a solution for. 
coming to a coach, it's your job now to present a service for. If you don't have those services, it's going to, if they say, and nobody's held me accountable and I can never figure out the food stuff, it's like, great, well, we have a membership that doesn't include any of that. I have no solution. Even if they join, you're losing and they're losing. You're leaving money on the table. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month, maybe thousands up front. Because they've literally told you, this is what I want. If I come in and I say, you know what? I need a car, four, I, need a, I, need a, I need a four-door SUV, big. I got a big family. You know, I need Tahoe or larger. And they go and they show you a little compact car. What the fuck is this, dude? What the fuck is this? I don't want this car. I told you what I wanted. This isn't it. And how different is it, Tyler, when they say, hey, you know what? We got Suburban right over here that's inside of your price range. And you know, we also have a package that we can add oil changes for life because I know how busy you are with your family and your kids and everything. Make it really easy for you to be able to just come drop it off. No extra fee. It's already taken care of. You do like, it. Oh, yeah. Zero downtime, roadside assistance. There's nothing worse than breaking down with your family, man. It's really tough. You know, as a father, you're out there stuck on the side of the fucking road, tow truck blows. You got five kids screaming at you. Let's just get you towed away, you know, an hour or less anywhere in the country. We can get this covered too. I know you guys travel a lot. Any of those things, people may take them, they may leave them, but they're a thing that you'll, you'll be like, oh, well, you know what? That does sound like that would be nice. Whether they buy it or not, that would be nice. Because you showed that you were an active goddamn listener. Yeah. This is one thing. We spend too much time just waiting for our turn to say the next thing that we don't actually listen to the words that are coming out of people's mouths. If you can take the one one thing away from this is the ability to have a goddamn conversation. You talk, I listen to what you say, and then I talk about what you just said, opposed to, it used to drive me fucking insane in school, where a kid would raise their hand, I would watch a teacher, ask the question, the kid gives the answer, and then the teacher moves on to the next question without acknowledging that that kid just spoke. Yeah. It fucking drove me insane. And we do this all the time. Yeah. If your clients are not getting results, you're fucking up. You, not them. They are too, but it's your fault because they're there to get the results. Meaning it's something you maybe didn't charge them for. It's something you should have charged them for. It doesn't matter, but it's on you. It's absolutely on you. And I know this because I've had clients that are pain in the ass that are self-sabotage is a very common human trait. Happens a lot, especially with health. It really is. But if I tried harder, I know what's going on with them. At some point, you throw your hands up as a person. You're like, I don't want to deal with this stuff. But if your clients aren't getting results, your system's broken. You're not, you're not holding them accountable. You didn't offer them accountability. Maybe they cheaped out. Listen, man, some people suck, but then maybe don't let them in. But the fact is, if your clients look across all of your client list right now, if you actually had a system where you were asking them what their goals were, offering services to hold them to get them to those goals, hold them accountable to those services and the execution in the process, checking in on a fixed timeline when those goals are supposed to be met, course correcting if they're not met, and then repeating that cycle over and over again, you're going to have a lot less clients not getting results. If you look at your client list right now, the ones that say you know are there to they lose weight, none of them are losing weight. They've been there a year, two years, three years. Whose fucking fault is it? You're their coach. Dude, you're the coach. Like, I'm sorry. Like, If you're a basketball coach and your basketball teams suck, can you just stand there and go, these kids fucking suck, dude. None of these kids are any good. They can't fucking play. 
Mm-hmm. You would be the worst goddamn coach in the fucking league for sure. Like, I don't know. I got a bunch of schmucks. These kids are all fucking knees and ankles and toes, dude. They suck. They can't do anything. It's their fault. You guys couldn't make a shot to save their fucking life. I see gym owners say that type of shit a lot in gym owner context. It's like, oh, yeah, they just they can't get they're not doing the food thing. They're just sad. OK, well, whose fucking job is it to guide them here? Did you offer them a service for it? No. Did you do anything about it? No. Do you just stay back and complain? Great. Do you connect with them enough to where they actually would trust you? No. Do you actually care? The amount of gym owners I know who don't care, there's a lot too, that don't really care. That's a metric that I see quite often is that, oh, I see this. The type of person that'll go to this thing and they'll say, well, I mean, if they really wanted results, they'd just buy personal training. Okay. What the fuck kind of statement is that? So you're telling me your base product is not able to get them results and they're just in there thinking it fucking does? The fuck is wrong with these people? And there's a lot of that out there. It really, really, really is. It's on you. It just is. If you're, if, you know what I mean? We fire coaches when the teams aren't doing well. That's the first thing that happens. You fire coaches. Get correct or get fired. I don't know what to tell you. Get get results or get fucked or find a different fucking career. I don't know what to tell. You. If you're if you're the coach who doesn't give results, get the fuck out of here. Go go. But what find if you don't have else. enough money? What if it's a lot of times because this is what you have to look at, and it comes back to it is, yeah, probably everything we're talking about. What this person probably needs, Tyler, that isn't getting the results that they need. They probably need somebody to go and show them how to fucking shop. Yeah. Show them how to do lots of different things. And when you look at it, be like, well, I can't. Well, nutrition is just included in their membership, Tyler. Yeah, that's cute. Kind of. It kind of is. We just, we just point them towards – we just talk about healthy stuff sometimes. We just talk about what paleo is once a month just kind of before class. And we're like, yeah, so I tried this new peanut butter stuff. It's cool. And that's like the end of the fucking nutrition service that most well, of these people offer. It's sad. If you, use my, if you use my promo code, you can get 10% off on that peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. No. This is where you do need to step back and you need to say, if I want to really help people, step backwards and say, if someone paid me $200 a month, could I get them better results? Yeah. If yes, then offer that. Yeah. This is this next one I want you to cover here, John. Yeah. If you're constantly messaging clients about nutrition and recovery and answering questions, you're fucking up. Why? We just said they need more accountability. They need nutrition. They need recovery. Why is that, John? Are we supposed to constantly be touching base with them? Yes, but sell that service. Yes. Because it goes back to the supplements and the equipment. You have to give people the opportunity to invest in themselves. That a lot of times is all the push that you need. Yep. Just having the opportunity to spend a little bit of money on myself so that I can, I want a new belt to lift because I want to lift big weights and I want to do that this next 12 weeks and I got my belt. So now I'm in. Yeah. I want to put more of my financial and mental resources and time resources into this thing that I'm trying to make a change at. Because by the way, this is the piece and I want to touch on this this way. The reason you need to, you need to sell, sell this service is first off, you're going to do a shitty job doing it for free kind of for people who aren't paying you. Because if you're a coach and you're not selling accountability and nutrition services at a premium, what happens is all your clients who get your fucking message or get your text, your cell phone number are texting you, hey, what about this food? What about this food? I tried this. I don't like this. Or you're, you're kind of doing all this. You're doing this half-ass version of that that kind of checks that box to the client. It's just not effective. 
it's just like, it, it, you become the equivalent of like the guy that'll come and fix your brakes in your back alley for you for $30. Your brother-in-law. Yeah. Like that guy, what happens if shit goes wrong? That guy's not accountable to it at all. He just walks away. You save the bargain and now you got to go spend the fortune getting shit fixed again. And this is the same thing. They need to, in their lives, before they join your gym, these people who aren't getting results, right? They spent up until this point, the reason they need weight loss or they need whatever this is, is because they put no effort, money, time, or resources into being healthy. You have to teach them how. The first step was they joined your gym, right? Now they want to buy new clothes. They want to buy fancy workout gear, shoes, belts, like John described. We need to allow them to put more resources towards things that will actually help them. Shoes and great. I'm okay with all the psychological checks that I, just like I do with my fucking shorts and dozen pairs of boxing gloves and new shit, new clothes, all the shit. It all makes sense to me. But the things that matter the most are things that actually help me get better at it too. Meaning if I spent half that money towards services that would actually improve me as a fighter or as an athlete, well, look at how much better I'd be, right? So you need to be make sure that you're not just taking their money and letting them just take the other resources they're trying to put towards this thing, towards shit that doesn't really help them. And you need to quit doing a bad job at it kind of for free, which sucks a bunch of time. It's part of why you don't have any time. And you need exactly. to do a great job getting paid for it. And this is the first thing we had done with my wife, Megan, when she was going through. We realized so many people were wanting weight loss. And even when she was selling nutrition, they weren't really – that was really more of just kind of shootout email plan. And there was so much constant correspondence going on about it. It's like, all right, we got to figure out how to make sure that they know the expectation is this is an email you get and a plan that you do every week. It's not a thing where – I'm holding your feet to the fire every day. That needs to cost more. It just needs to cost more or else the price points didn't match. So we added an accountability tier to the offer stack. Everybody bought accountability. Everybody moved up that one step. It was a guaranteed an extra 300 bucks over 12 weeks or something like this. It's just an easy 100 bucks for to just – but now you have a, you're getting paid to do it. It's scalable. You can have other people do it. If the system grows, it, it just works. You're not going to do a good job doing anything for free. If you're good at something, don't do it for free. And if you're doing it for free, I promise you're not doing a good job of it, no matter what. Guaranteed. Like John said, if I paid you $100 to do something, could you do a good job? Yes. If I paid you $1,000 to do it, could you do a better job? Yes. At almost anything. Could you give me the $1,000 version of whatever that is? Probably. And it would be better, objectively better. It's really important on that note because you and I have heard objections from people before, from gym owners and coaches that say, oh, oh okay. So all you're saying is just make your shit more expensive. And it's no (laughs) fucking pause for a second and think about this. Our assumption is you're a good person. Our assumption is that you're good people that are genuinely interested in helping others. That needs to be the baseline. Since we've established that you're not scum of the earth, that means the hundred dollar service compared to thousand dollar service. You can only put so much time and money into someone that spends a hundred dollars with you the equivalent would be okay ten percent you want to put ten percent of what you make into making a product great for a hundred dollars you just now can spend ten dollars to make that product great for a thousand dollars you can now spend a hundred dollars ten times you now can spend to make that great Of course, it's going to be awesome because now you are investing more to be able to allow that product to be that much better, to serve your people that much better. 
Not for you to fucking just walk away with more money. Yes, that's not it. It's not just get more for doing the same thing. This, is, this allows you to do good. We're expecting you to be good at this. If you're not, just go listen to some other podcast. If you're not any good at this, move on. I don't want to tell you. If you're not, if you're not, if you if you don't care, if, then you're just missing the boat here. Last one, guys. This is our longest episode yet, John. Hands I down. Think so. If I knew we were going to run on with some of these, but I think this is really good. If your gym isn't making enough money and you think the solution is to learn more about coaching, you're fucking up. We beat this up so many times, but that's it, guys. We've talked about this. Where you put your resources at, mental, time, money, whatever that is, where you place those resources matter. That is a vote. You're voting with your dollar. You're voting with your hours. You're voting everything. If people are coming in from the street, they don't know a good coach. If They wouldn't know a good coach if it slapped them on the ass, frankly. You know, a bad coach slapped them on the ass. They wouldn't know. Either way, they would not know. They don't know. That's why they're coming to a coach. So you could be a fucking passable coach and you should still be selling lots of people. You should be attracting lots of people. You should because it's about results. If you're trying to make it about your coaching, first off, if you're trying to make your attraction, your marketing, your copy, whatever it is, try to get people interested in your business. If that's about your coaching and your wisdom, you're fucking up. Nobody cares. They don't care because they, like I said, they wouldn't know a good coach from a bad one from a distance anyway. So they won't know until you're coaching them. So you should not be a bad coach. But again, you're not sitting here saying, I need more. You're begging us for more members. You're begging us for, to help you find more money. That's what everybody's doing. That's what people come to us for. I want more money. I want more members. We need more of this. We need more of that. None of it. None of you say anything about why, well, I need more. I need to be able to teach people how to snatch in two less days than it takes me currently. What the fuck, okay? Do you think that that metric, whatever metric you're going to assign to, the key, can we measure it, right? What key performance indicators in your coaching can we move forward that will affect your bottom line at all? None. There's fucking none. Unless you're just hurting people left and right, by the way, which is actually more programming than just coaching, I promise. Because you can dumb down your programming and ain't nobody getting hurt. Just it's, it's the truth. So... You have a money problem. You have an attractiveness problem. You have a low members, low revenue. You're not profitable. You're not eating. You can't go on vacation. La da 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 da. This all seems like you need to level up your fucking business acumen, doesn't it? If I'm just looking at this, zoom out. Just this is what I think you need. This would be this would be the the plate that I would spin. This is the fucking dial I would move forward. This is the thing that I would be piling fuel into. I would put resources, money, time into going. Shit, I got a money problem now. I, people aren't interested in coming here. There's too many holes in this. I don't know how to sell. I feel fucking. Just a drift, fuck it. I'm going to hide in the thing that I'm already good at. And I'm going to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month and I'm going to travel and do this other shit to like to worry about coaching. Worry about this, how, the fancy names for this muscle or to talk more science dorky shit that nobody cares about. Your clients don't care about all the dorky shit you can say to them to impress them. Some of them probably, if you're doing it right, some of them are medical professionals as well. Hey, in my gym, about 10, 20% of our clients, 20% probably, we're medical professionals. If you're priced am, correctly. Am I going to sit in here and fucking, yeah, it's the CrossFit gym. Am I going to sit in here and like just wow them with my knowledge of muscles and fucking how the fuck, guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> Ketones. Like, who fucking cares? Nobody gives a shit. What can you mm -hmm. do for them? How can you, so tighten up the, all the other stuff. Quit putting resources into shit that doesn't serve you well. Getting better at coaching is a lifetime thing. You need to always yes. be doing it. And like Hunter said, you know how you get better at coaching? You coach. So you should always be working on improving, but you need to actually be getting reps too. 
And if you're a business owner, like we said, if you're doing all your coaching, you're the problem. There's so many pieces that are tied to everything we've just talked about this last hour. Tyler, just on the coaching thing, how much money, you know what I mean? If you're going to go and get really good coaching mm -hmm. from a really good coach, how much money were you spending for either that session or that week or between, that year? Between the recurring monthly things, this is just one organization. I was going to about two seminars and the coach, like the first year was about fifteen twenty thousand dollars Give so, or take. And if you have multiple coaches as well. Not, by the way, then there was other online coaching things that I was doing for with other companies. I was probably spending, and don't, no, now that I think about it, fuck me. You know how much money I was making? By the end of that year, I made $30,000. Yes, I made that's exactly it. what I wanted to point I out. I spent $25,000 to get better at coaching. But I, my business could only pay me $30,000. I feel like I had a business problem more than I had a coaching problem, right? My tax accountant goes, you spent over 50% on coaching of your earnings. It's like, yeah, that's what I did because <laughs> that's what I did. But the reality is, but here's the thing. So this is what I wanted to point out. To get really good coaching to help you be great, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. And you can spend a lot of fucking time trying to perfect your craft by sitting on YouTube and, yeah. and gobbling up every free download, every free thing you can. But now you're wasting time, yeah. which you don't have. So you need either if you don't have time to spend, you need to spend money. And if you are only making that money on a monthly recurring membership, which is not enough money at all, you don't actually have enough money to get the good coaching. And around and around we go. And that loop goes, by the way, let's clarify this too. This does not mean do not get better at coaching. This does not mean do not spend no. time spend time or money improving as a coach or improving your coach's coaching acumen. What it means is like we've always talked about, sequence matters. Exactly. Priorities matter. So you, you, what you need to do, again, we're going to move this forward. You're able to coach. You do a decent job. You can get people results. Yes, you need 10 years and you need all sorts of education. But you know what? You can coach. You're, 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 you're experienced enough to lead the people at the level they're at. Go forth and coach. Now, because this is the relationship, you need to get better at making money at that relationship. You need to identify that at that moment, the time is not to get better at coaching because that will not give you the money or resources to actually coach more or coach better or spend more money on coaching to really get better for the long haul. You'll just spend all your money improving at coaching while you starve to death and your business never <laughs> gives back anything to you and mm -hmm. then you burn out and quit. So you need to prioritize. It's a little Jocko thing. Prioritize, execute. Prioritize, execute. It's cover and move. It's the same thing. Like, all exactly. right, we're going to cover. You know what? We got we to gotta make enough money to cover. So let's focus on building your business acumen, becoming profitable, fix all this bullshit. And then now you have enough money coming in to where now we can afford to make another move, which, all right, we're covered. Now let's spend. Now we can spend some of this extra money we got. We prioritize now coaching. We have the resources to put time into coaching. Let's get all of our coaches getting better. Shit, they get better now all of a sudden. Now we have more money and more time we can put back into growing the business as well. But if the business model is broken, the whole thing sinks. So you got to fix that. If any of the items in this list today stung, felt like we were picking on you, it was like a personal attack. One, it wasn't. There's a reason why this list was long and this is our longest episode because this is so common. Do not make the mistake. If we were talking about a Google review issue, if we were talking about social media, 
If we were talking about coaching, that isn't the problem. These are symptoms. Every one of these things where we said you're actually more fucked than you realize is because these are symptoms of a larger issue where you don't have enough time because you're not making enough money. That's it. That's the jam. And if you take any of this personally, don't. It's not. It's not you. It's everybody. It's very, 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 very common. If your thing is to look at this and you say that we've said this and you think that we're wrong, I'm going to very much tell you that we are not. <laughs> if you think that we're wrong on any one of these things, we're not. That's you taking it personally and you projecting it back. I promise you, you need to just, if, if you are on this list, if any of these things come up, bite, man, just, you'd be like, oh, shit. Just identify it now. Be objective. Look back and go, all right, let's, you're right. What can I do? Again, what are the five things you're going to do this week to make your business better? What are the five tasks? What are they? Can you name one? What are you building permanently for your business this week? Can you name one? Is it a system? Is it an email? Is it a plan? Is it a thought? Is it an idea? Is it, what, what is it? If you've just operated your business for another week, you're already fucked. So thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Join and follow me on Instagram at Tyler F. Stone. Follow John at JBanksFL. Follow the Jim Orders podcast on Instagram. Find us on Spotify, Apple, fucking all the stuff, all the things with all the things. Join the Facebook group. That's the main spot. Get in the Facebook group. That's where we share most of the information. That's where we try to chat. That's where we try to drum up some real conversations. That link is in our description. Join the Jim Owners Revolution. Link in description. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>